Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. Brumbaugh, heat check three. It looks good. It is good. Nine points for Brady Brumbaugh. He's getting hot. To the pros. Oscars come after him and block the ball. It's picked up by Hartsog. Malcolm racing to the 15-10-5. Touchdown, Nebraska. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Acuna goes all the way back to the wall, and it's gone! Randall Gretchik has his first home run as an angel. A fly ball to right that kept carrying. 14 years after being drafted in the first round by the Halos, Gretchik has come home. Out to left center field. Hayes racing after it. Tuesday morning, everybody. We are back on the Morning Blitz, broadcasting on 1025 UROC, AM 730, Fox Sports, Tri-State. Of course, also online, nwksradio.net, the Rocking M app. So glad you could join us here once again on this Tuesday. Going to be another warm day. Temperatures in the 90s, but we're slowly kind of creeping our way down the temperature scale. Temp's going to get to the upper 80s by the end of this week. I even saw some 86, 87 maybe on the weekends, so I'm getting pretty excited. I can get used to a little bit cooler temperatures. Those those few hot days in there, those are pretty brutal. Um, but, uh, hey, especially when you're not used to it because, you know, most of the time I'd say – it was funny hearing somebody say that this is the warmest summer – uh, that we've ever experienced, I think, as a nation, they were saying. Well, I don't know. I don't think we've experienced it that much here, but well, the last couple of weeks have certainly been very, very warm. But glad you're with us here on the Morning Blitz. Uh, we got a full show today. We'll be visiting with Nick Athen, ChiefsFocus.com. He'll be top, popping by the show and look forward to visiting with him about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, training camp Talk a lot about some of the news in the AFC West, of course, with Sean Payton and all the drama that goes on there. And we'll touch on just other NFL storylines that are interesting to uh, Nick Athens, who pops by the show, coming up here in about uh, 15 to 20 minutes from now. Get you an update on the Rockies and the Royals. Royals with the day off yesterday. Rockies, though, a walk-off winner last night, 4-3 over the Padres. And Colorado continues to play Decently well. I mean, after losing two out of three to the Angels, or sorry, to the Athletics, um, they continue to find ways to win a few games here or there a little bit better. Uh, and we will get you an update on the MLB trade deadline. As that stove continues to heat up, a lot more deals were done yesterday. I was watching some of the Angels and uh, Braves game a little bit last night and saw C.J. Crone starting at first. Randall Gritchick, as you heard in the highlights, got in there. He was in the outfield and he had a home run for the team that drafted him originally 14 years ago. But to see those two guys there playing for the Angels just a day later, it's interesting to see. And that's and that's the, it's a cool thing and it's a weird thing. It really is. It's a cool thing and it's a weird thing when you see with the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And you can get the same in the NBA. You don't see it in football. Guys that get traded just don't all of a sudden pop up with their team and then 
are playing pretty much the next weekend. It doesn't happen very often because you got to learn a playbook. It just it's just not the way it is. But you know, you can have one guy. I mean, heck, there's been scenarios in the past where you've got one player playing for one team at the trade deadline, and they're playing this other team. They get traded to the team that's in the opposite locker room, and they just switch locker rooms and are playing for the other team the next time out. It's fascinating to see. But uh, we'll get you updated on what's going on with the the MLB trade deadline as that uh, wraps up today. Tonight is when that, I think it's over at 6 Eastern, 6 p.m. Eastern, so 4 Mountain, 5 Central, that'll be done. Uh, we'll see if uh, any moves more made. More move, sorry, any more moves are made with the Rockies. Sell a little bit more. The Royals sold a little bit more yesterday. Uh, so we will we'll see what happens here going forth. But I want to get into the news yesterday uh, in the NFL, and then I want to get into an article that the uh, Athletic released talking about their quarterback tiers, and we will get to that coming up in our first segment. So uh, once again, if you want to get thoughts, comments, questions in, uh, the best way to do so through, is through the text line, the number 785-899-2222. That's 899-2222. So let's move on here. I want to get going with... Uh, with the new the wide receiver depth issues, so the Broncos uh, yesterday got some had some rough news come through. Um, the big news first and foremost was Tim Patrick in practice yesterday was carted off the field um, and found out that he had tore his Achilles in his left leg during practice yesterday, and so for the second consecutive season, Tim Patrick is going to miss. Uh, the season for the Broncos. So Patrick, who missed 2022 last year with a torn ACL, now has a torn Achilles uh, in his left leg. He tore his right ACL, in case you're curious. But now his left leg is giving him issues, and so he's going to miss his second consecutive season. Will Tim Patrick, um, you know, we're kind of one of the more team's emotional leaders for the Broncos. Um, he was the team. He led the team in touchdowns, receptions back when he played a full season in 2021. So Tim Patrick uh, gonna be gonna be gone for this year. That's a blow uh, for Sean Payton's wide receiver unit. And then it wasn't much after almost the same exact time, a little bit after KJ Hamler announced on his Instagram that he's been diagnosed with a mild heart condition called uh, mild heart irritation called pericarditis. Um, and so he is gonna miss some time. He tends to be back on the field this season after treatment with medication, but the Broncos waived Hamler with a non-football illness designation. And so he's going to go under, he's going to undergo some treatment and potentially bring him back later if he is cleared. Um, but Hamler you know, just played seven games last season. He was on the injured reserve December 3rd with a hamstring injury. He missed all but three games in 2021 with a torn ACL as well as a hip injury. So, You've got two guys that you're going to miss out of the wide receiver unit. But but if there is, and so that's a, a concern with depth, to be honest with you. There's a depth concern there. But at the same time, as much as you think, well, that's a big issue with depth, those guys weren't there last year anyway. And I know that the year wasn't good, but I'm not going to put all that on the wide receiving core. I'm not going to put that all on there. Um, but here's the, here's the, here's the good part. Coming back and receiving this year, at least right now, knock on wood for the Denver Bronco fans' sake, you still have Jerry Judy, who led the team in yards last year. You have the wide receiver who led, uh, you have the wide receiver, I believe, who, I want to make sure I get this right, I think he's actually moved on, but you have Jerry Judy is back. Um, you have, I believe, Cor- Cortland Sutton is back. He led the team in receptions, so those two guys are back from last year. Um, Greg Dolchich, who was third in yards last year, the tight end is back. 
Kendall Hinton, uh, who's a backup receiver. He is back as well uh, this year. And then you've got the rookie Marvin Mims Jr., who's questionable right now, but he should be ready to go, barring anything more serious. So you've got Judy, Sutton, and Mims at the wide receiver spots. You have Kendall Hinton in there, Marquez Callaway, Lil Jordan Humphrey, uh, former Texas wide receiver is there. So you, you've got five to six guys that maybe you can lean on that have some decent NFL experience. But past that, there's not much. There's not much past that. And so the waiver wire, which I believe the Broncos are fifth on the waiver wire, uh, they could be looking for some wide receiver depth and help because there just isn't a lot of it. There just is not a lot. So that is something to watch. Uh, going forward in this preseason and during the rest of camp and moving on into the preseason in the first few weeks is can the can the Broncos find a way to build some depth in the wide receiver room because Jerry Judy is gone or sorry Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims are all great pieces but you know Judy's had some injury issues so Sutton's had some injury issues Mims is already questionable uh, currently right now. And, boy, you need to have a little bit more depth in your pocket. Losing Tim Patrick is big, even though he didn't play last year. But nice to have him back. K.J. Hamler always felt like is a very good player, um, a very good player, especially in college. But it's just been so riddled with injuries in the pros, it really hasn't mattered a whole lot. So, once again, wide receiver depth, a bit of an issue for the Broncos currently. We'll see if they can add some depth here in the coming weeks. For the Denver Broncos. That was the big storyline I thought in the NFL yesterday. Because Denver had two, not one, but two wide receivers pretty much be done for the season. Uh, let's move on to the Athletic. The Athletic yesterday released their NFL quarterback tiers. And I was looking through this. And, and I don't have a ton of, you know, I don't have a ton of issue with the tiers here. Um, you know, you've got... Here, I'll, I'll go through the tiers. So they have a total of, I think it's four tiers. Yes, four tiers. Of course, obviously, number one is Patrick Mahomes. He should be. And honestly, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow should probably be in tiers of their own. Honestly. They probably should be up in tiers of their own. Because not only have they been very good statistically, they've led their teams to postseason to Super Bowls. Uh, now, Burrow hasn't had a Super Bowl victory, but he's led a team there. Patrick Mahomes, of course, has a couple of rings and going to be hunting for more again. But uh, the tier number one has jo- Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen at number three. Aaron Rodgers is up. It's at four. And Justin Herbert is at number five. Those are your tier one quarterbacks, according to The Athletic. Tier two, you've got Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford, that is 5 through 10. Excuse me, 6 through 10, I beg your pardon. And then Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins, 11 and 12. First and foremost, I mean, I guess I, I look at the, I look at these, I mean, these are all, and I don't know, you, you can get, you can move guys around in each tier. I mean, you could move, you know, if you liked, Kirk Cousins more than Deshaun Watson. You can move him up a spot. I mean, you could move guys up and down within each tier, but these are where the guys. I it's also I should have I should have read what uh, what the tiers mean. So tier one, uh, once again the ones with Mahomes and Burrow and Allen. 
Uh, it's a quarterback that can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. He has no real holes in his game. That's tier one. Tier two, a quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations and doses or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. So, once again, that's Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins. And personally, I don't know. Sometimes I look at it and you're like, you've got to look at what pieces that you have around you. But at the same time, these quarterbacks in Tier 1 do a great job of filling those holes left by his team, left by your team. They do a great job. And, and honestly, Justin Herbert probably was a bit of a reach in Tier 1. He probably should have been a Tier 2. Uh, he might have been a little bit of a reach. And you could probably flip him and Jalen Hurts around, possibly. Maybe even Lamar Jackson around, possibly. Another good year from Trevor Lawrence might put him in Tier 1, honestly. Because last year, first year, you know, was pretty rough. Second year, not too bad. But if he has a really good third year, a consistent third year like he did number two, he could jump up and he could move up in this poll, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't know why Deshaun Watson's number 11, I guess, because I don't feel like he's done much, at least recently, to prove that he's worth that. Uh, tier three quarterbacks, legitimate starter, but needs a heavier running game and or defensive component to win. A lower volume drop back passing offense suits him best. So this is where you find Kyler Murray at 13, Derek Carr at 14, Jared Goff 15, Russell Wilson, Tua Tagovailoa uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill, and Mac Jones. That's where you find tier three guys. You know, all these guys have shown great flashes. I mean, Derek Carr is probably on the downside, downslide of his career. Kyler Murray should be in the prime of his career, and honestly, he makes a lot of things look exciting, but he just hasn't won a lot. I don't know if you can, you can blame him on some of that, and you can blame some of that on, on the team that's surrounding him. Russell Wilson at 16 to me is, is pretty interesting. I mean, one really bad year uh, has put him back, has put him back. But it is true. He does do better with a heavier run game or a defensive component to win. That would pretty much describe what Russell Wilson got in Seattle. And he did not get that in year one in Denver. They did not have a great rushing attack to help him out. He lived, He is He is a quarterback that has done well in play-action situations. And he did not do that good. We'll see if the, if the Saints... And return him back to where he should probably be as a Tier 2. Because Pete probably would have been a Tier 2 guy in previous years. But last year dropped him all the way down to Tier 3. Tua Tagovailoa, I think, could be a little bit higher. I feel like he's done a pretty decent job, but he's been a little injury prone. That certainly has hurt. Tua could easily be up near the top of Tier 3, in my personal opinion. Uh, everybody else, you know, I don't know, maybe a reach for Justin Fields to be up here in Tier number 3, to be honest with you. I don't know if he's done very much. Uh, yet I know he very much is a good runner, but I don't know if he's proven much as a passing. But once again, I don't think Fields has anything to work with around him, at least going into this season. We'll see what they've done with the draft and development of players in the coming years for in the coming year for the Bears. And then you get into tier number four. Could be an unproven player, 
not enough information for voters to classify, or a veteran who ideally would not start all 17 games. And so you have guys like Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Mishu, and guess who else is in Tier 4? Brock Purdy at number 24. Look, I don't have anything against Brock Purdy, but he played a whole season last year. Wouldn't he be considered a Tier 3 guy? I mean, I would consider him at least a Tier 3 guy. Seems to be a legitimate starter, but needs a heavier run game or a defensive component to win. Yes, he's a facilitator. Brock Purdy, to me, I think kind of got hosed. He should be in Tier 3. Brock Purdy made all the throws necessary to get his team to the NFC title game last year. And then because of an injury to his throwing arm, they were one-dimensional the rest of the way. So, I don't I think Brock Purdy kind of got the short end of the stick here. I think he could easily be a Tier 3 guy. Easily could be. I could see him moving up to Tier 3. I could see Russell Wilson moving up to Tier 2 if he had a decent year again. And, you know, I could see Justin Herbert knocking out of Tier 1 going down to Tier 2 as well. I just don't know if Justin Herbert is quite that elite. He's getting paid like he's elite. But I don't know if he's up there yet. And I love Justin Herbert. And I like the Chargers. But they haven't won the big games. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, I think he, I think he's going to have another good year. We'll see. He's going to have a lot of pieces around him, that's for sure. There are no more excuses for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have a ton of pieces around him and a good defense on the other side. The Jets, the Jets have a pretty darn good roster this year. Now, can he be the facilitator that he needs to be? We'll see. But you look at, you know what else is interesting? You look at the uh, the Tier 1 of quarterbacks, all in the AFC. All AFC quarterbacks. In fact, out of the first, out of the top 10 quarterbacks, seven of them are in the AFC. So, we'll see. I, once again, it's fun to see where other people think. I, it, I don't think there's much you can uh, argue about. Like I said, if you're going to get real nitpicky, Mentioned you could drop maybe Trevor, or sorry, not Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Herbert down to a top of the end of Tier 2. You could maybe move Russell Wilson if he has a bounce back year up to Tier 2. And I think Brock Purdy personally gets screwed putting him in Tier 4. That guy deserves to be in Tier 3. He's won enough to prove that at this point in time. And I think he will have another solid year. And the other thing about Brock Purdy is he's got a good running game and he's got a great coach. One of the best coaches in the NFL right now in Kyle Shanahan that's going to put him in positions to have success. All right, so let's get to a break. When we come back after our first break, we will be visiting with Nick Athen. We'll talk more NFL football next, including NFL training camp storylines, including around the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC West. You're listening to The Morning Blitz. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager Learning the Lingo. Goat. G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. You could throw your flip-flop at a bug. Ew, a bug, get it. But the chances of actually hitting it... Over there! Are statistically... It's still alive. Unlikely. 
good thing nature's got your back. Stem bug killers combine powerful active ingredients found in plants like lemongrass and geraniol and scientifically engineer them into effective bug fighting formulas, safe for use as directed around people, pets, and throughout the home. Stem, rooted in nature, optimized by science. It's time for a check of the markets with the Anderson Trade Group on the Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio Network. On Tuesday, August 1st, in the overnight market, September corn is down one and three quarters at 5.02 and a quarter. December down two at 5.11. And March down to one and three quarters at 5.23 and a quarter. August soybeans are up four and a quarter at 14.50. September up three and three quarters at 13.74 and a quarter. And November up three quarters at 13.32 and a half. September Kansas City wheat is down six and three quarters at 8.06. December down six at 8.23 and a half. And March down five and a half at 8.28 and a quarter. Dow Jones is down 107 points at 35,588. S&P down 20 at 4,595. NASDAQ down 87 points at 15,769. Gold down $25.60. At $1,983.60. Silver is down at 59 cents at 24.38. And crude oil is down 57 cents at 81.23. If you have any risk management questions or grain you would like to market in the Colorado area, you can reach John Hankey or Joseph Koning at 970-744-4484. Or in the Overland Park office, you can reach myself, Paige Chapman, Tom Saluto, or Tyler Ghosh at 913 913- Seven four eight three thousand. The Anderson Trade Group, proud market partners with Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio. Find out more at andersongrain.com. The risk of loss through trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance, whether actual or indicated, is not indicative of future results. The Anderson Trade Group has no guarantee that the advice given will result in profitable trades. Child care providers are helpers, protectors, and professionals. They are devoted and hardworking and critical to many families' success. Our communities rely on child care professionals to nurture our children, to allow parents to return to work, and to keep our economy strong. They take care of all of us. Now it's our turn to return the favor. Let's give child care providers the resources they need to keep going. Together, let's strengthen child care in Kansas. Get involved at childcareinkansas.com. Corn rootworm is a ruthless pest, which is why Bayer is relentless in its innovation. SmartStacks Pro with RNAi technology is now here. With an RNAi-based mode of action unlike anything that's come before, plus two proven BT traits, it's innovation that equals the strongest biotech defense in medium to high corn rootworm pressure environments now available. Talk to your seed dealer about defending like a pro with SmartStacks Pro technology. Always read and follow IRM grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Performance may vary. If you're shopping for a banking institution, visit with Equity Bank of Hoxie, Grinnell, and Quinner, Kansas. The Equity Bank is heavily invested in local business and activities contributing in many ways back to their community. Their employees are involved with many organizations and area events. Plus, a lot of experience comes with that staff. You'll find valuable local assistance when you bank at the Equity Bank of Hoxie, Grinnell, Quinter, and other locations in western Kansas. The Equity Bank. Member FDIC. Are you getting all the discounts you're entitled to on your home and auto insurance? Multi-car, multi-policy, common loss deductible, remodel credits are just a few options available. 
Do you have a special circumstance requiring insurance coverage? We might be able to help with that also. Check with the girls at the insurance agency at 1020 Main Street in Goodland or call 785-899-5011. We offer coverage from several companies to best suit your insurance needs. Call or stop by and talk to Roxanne, Susan, or Judy for all your insurance needs. Back. To the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. It's Tuesday morning here on this August the 1st. That's right, I got to change the calendar over here in the studio. I was looking at it, I was like, it still says July. Honestly, if I get it done today, which I'll probably forget to do, it'd be the earliest because usually it gets to be about the fourth, fifth, or sixth day out of the month before I finally flip the calendar over here in the studio. But we got a great guest running us on the phone now, our good friend from ChiefFocus.com. He's starting a new website here coming up shortly as well. That's uh, Nick Athen who joins us on the phone. Good morning, Nick. How are things? Hey, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. I mean, it's exciting time, right? I mean, we're back to, uh, we're back to, um, uh, you know, we're back to camp. We're in camp, and, uh, and football is just around the corner, right? I mean, heck, we have a, the Hall of Fame game Thursday. We have no bo- we have no boring weeks uh, through uh, the second week of February. Yeah, that's pretty that's, awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that's right. It is it is a great great thing. Uh, we'll we'll start on the Chiefs side of things. What what are okay. some of the top uh, storylines that, that that you have seen coming out of the first few weeks? It feels like it's been pretty quiet and, and mostly business as it goes for the Chiefs for the first couple weeks of training camp. Yeah, I mean they're. They've been pretty chippy in practice. I mean, they've got a lot of new guys on the roster. And, you know, some veterans and some rookies have kind of been going at it. And the rookies are just saying, hey, you know, we're here. We're here. We're going to contribute, just like all the rookies did last year. And, and some of the vets have just kind of said, okay, I'll play along. And it's, it's you know, Andy runs a really tight ship. It runs a really difficult camp. Um, and I think what we're learning about this football team is, you know, they want to go back-to-back. They want, they want to win the Super Bowl again this year, you know, be the, be the next team that's gone back-to-back since the Patriots did a, a while ago. And, and I think they're trying to build that, that Patriots dynasty. But, you know, it's, it's, it's very businesslike, and it's very focused. And what I'm impressed about it is they have no hangover from the Super Bowl. They don't have any, any preconceived ideas or notions that they're better than anybody else. They all know they had to start at ground zero, um, and they kind of had that attitude, and they're just going to build their team and build their roster and and uh, make it competitive, hopefully avoid more injuries than they've already gotten. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I think this football team understands what's ahead of them, and they are, they're ready to go, that's for sure. The offensive line, you know, they went out and got some, a couple mm-hmm. of different pieces. How has that been gelling from what you've been able to see? Um, I think Donovan Smith has been more than advertised. I think he's, he's healthy. He was very, you know, he missed a lot of games last year. He had a lot of injuries. He didn't play well by his own admission. Um, but, you know, he did his best for Tom Brady, and now he's going to do his best for, for Pat Mahomes. I mean, I was a little skeptical on Smith. Um, you know, being the left tackle, I thought it was going to be Jawan Taylor. They signed from Jacksonville. Uh, but this probably will be uh, with Thune, Humphrey, and Smith in the middle the best offensive line that, that Patrick Mahomes has had. I think what I, what I like about Smith is his footwork is impressive. I mean, he has twice the footwork that Orlando Brown Jr. had, and he has a little bit more of that, uh, that mean streak mentality. Um, I wouldn't say he's in the Willie Rofe category 
Uh, for those Chiefs fans who remember Willie when he played in Kansas City, he was a beast. Uh, but he's kind of got some similar attributes. It's good that Joe Thune's next to him because I think he's got the same attributes. Um, so I think I think what we're seeing out of Smith in this offensive line is Patrick Mahomes is probably going to get a little bit more time uh, in the pocket and maybe not scramble as much, which is going to be bad news for uh, for NFL defenses. Nick Athen, our guest here, uh, talking Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, defensively, what are some of the big storylines that you think are happening early on? Well, obviously the Chris Jones absence is probably, uh, you know, the biggest thing right now. I think, you know, they'll ultimately get a contract done. Um, you know, he's noticeably absent. Players are commenting about it. You know, even Patrick Mahomes in a couple of national interviews has indicated, you know, he's taking less money to make sure that Chris Jones gets paid, which is a signal hey, dude, get your contract signed so we can get you in here. Um, but, you know, George Karloff, it seems like he's making that next jump. Um, he worked a lot this offseason with Tom Bahali, and I think that I think that's paid off. Uh, Charles Amenahue, who they got from the 49ers, looks really, really good. Um, and I think the linebackers, with the addition of Drew Tranquil, um, are really, really, really solid. And uh, in the safeties and corners, you know, they all jumped up last year, played brilliantly toward the second half of the season and the postseason. So I think, I think defensively, you know, as much as I'm touting what I, how strong I think the offensive line is going to be in the best that Patrick Mahomes has had, I think this will be uh, Steve Spagnuolo's best defense. Uh, assuming Chris Jones, you know, um, is part of that defense, the loss of Frank Clark I think is going to be very big. Not that he was an ultra-league big contributor, but just his fire and his attitude. There is talk they may try to bring Carlos Dunlap back. Um, you know, obviously he won a Super Bowl with him last year, and he, he played some good minutes. But um, I think the way they're getting at it in practice and the way they're challenging this offense, and to go up against that offense every single day in practice, that's only going to make their defense better. What did you make of the whole chippiness and the and the comments from uh, Travis Kelsey after a little bit of a scuffle he got in? I don't see much of that, honestly. I'm sure you don't either. No, I don't think it was that business boys being boys. I mean, back, back in my day, you know, they were doing the Oklahoma drill. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. for those who don't know the Oklahoma drill, I mean, that was man on man. It was an offensive player versus a defensive player. And they'd hit till somebody went to the ground. And, uh, you know, they don't do that anymore. Uh, you know, it's, it's flag football almost uh, when it comes, to, it comes to some of these practices. But, um, you know, <clears throat> I think everybody's competitive. This team is so ready, so focused on the goal ahead that, you know, I, I think I think it's good. It builds camaraderie. I think Travis got a, took it a little personal, which is not not normally his thing. But uh, all in all, I mean, I, nobody seems to be worried about it at all. Is there a spot on the team that has a bit of issue with depth, possibly? I mean, I. Chris Jones, you hope, is back, and that would certainly solve issue on the D-line. But is there any place that you're like, boy, if, if an injury happens, there could be some issues? You know, I mean, wide receiver, possibly. They've already lost Tony. Probably won't be back till week one or week two uh, after having his meniscus uh, surgery. Uh, but they've got some young guys in, in Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross. Richie James has looked great, and Marquez Valdez-Scanlon has looked really good. Sky Moore, Justin, I mean, Watson, I mean, they've got the pieces in the place. You know, I think that, I, I, but I think the weakness is defensive line. Um, you know, if Chris Jones holds out into the regular season, then they don't really have that enforcer, you know, in the middle. Um, Keandre Coburn, one of the draft picks, has looked really good. They still have Danny Shelton. I mean, people, I mean, he came over as a free agent last year, and 
if he resigned with the Chiefs this year, Derek Naughty, you know, uh, many of you might be that, that extra pass rusher. And then, uh, you know, King Felix could be the guy uh, that can come in and make some plays, but they need Chris Jones. So to me, the defensive line is still a little shaky. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, once they get the Jones contract settled, does the Chiefs sign a, a veteran defensive end? Nick Athen, our guest, ChiefsFocus.com. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the other news surrounding it, just in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. and all the drama surrounding that with Sean Payton's <laughs> comments and everything of that sort. I mean, there's a, there's plenty of stuff going on. It seems, as, as quiet as Chiefs camp has been, Denver's camp has been very loud with words from the head coach and, of course, losses in the wide receiver room yesterday. It's been pretty tough going out there in Denver. Yeah, you know, you open Pandora's box, and that's that's what Sean Payton did. I mean, I... Listen, I, I think Sean Payton's a great commentator. I think he's a, he's a good head coach. He's not a great head coach. Yeah, he's won a Super Bowl, but he had so many disappointing seasons, not a lot of consistency at times, and he had one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the history of the game in Drew Brees. So to me, his comments were really stupid. It, it told me that he doesn't think this team's as good as advertised, that Russell Wilson isn't as good, and he took the job for the money. And, you know, you don't go ripping your, your guys because he was also ripping, you know, his GM. He was also ripping, you know, uh, some of the ownership that was around. And I, and I just think it was kind of stupid. And that just tells me that the, guy, the guy's there for a paycheck. Now, listen, you know, he may turn the franchise around and maybe become a, a playoff team at some point. But, I mean, they lost two starting wide receivers yesterday. That's huge. You know, that's not something that they're going to get back this year. It's not something they're going to be able to go find or trade. Uh, it's going to be very difficult. So they're going to have to go within. And that just makes, you know, Russell Wilson's job a lot harder. Now, you know, Russell did supposedly work with Peyton Manning over the summer. Um, so maybe that, maybe that helped him out a little bit. But, um, you know, you just don't – you just don't – that's not the way to start your tenure. Can you imagine Andy Reid doing that when he took over after Romeo Cornell? I mean, even though Romeo Cornell wasn't a good head coach, to sit there and go bashing him, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. It just tells me that – he doesn't think he can get the job done, and he doesn't believe in his football team. And he certainly doesn't believe in his quarterback, but he should have just kept his mouth shut, in my opinion. Well, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, staking in the AFC West, the, the Chargers have paid Justin Herbert uh, well, a pretty good-sized contract, largest one currently, but, uh, I mean, that'll probably get surpassed with the Joe Burrow deal is done. But is Herbert worth that kind of money? Um. Uh, you know, in the eyes of the the current landscape of the NFL, uh, probably. Um, is he going to win a Super Bowl? You know, he's Philip Rivers 2.0 as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's going to put up a lot of stats, but he's done nothing in the postseason. I mean, that's, that's the thing that bothers me about these teams that are paying all these quarterbacks these 40-plus million or $50 million contracts. They haven't done anything. They haven't won anything. You know, they, they haven't gotten an AFC, you know, Burrow's got an AFC championship game and a Super Bowl appearance. Okay, I can see that. I, I can see paying him. Uh, but I can also point out that, you know, the loss in the championship game had more to do with the Chiefs than the Bengals. But that's irrelevant. The bottom line is, you know, uh, these guys are getting paid. And I, I don't know why NFL owners feel like they've got to do it. Uh, but it's, you know, just like the running back position is undervalued and underpaid, I think the quarterback position is, is, is overvalued and overpaid. Not that it's, you have to have a great quarterback, but, you know, you combine the records, and I haven't done the math because I'm terrible at math, but if you combine the records of all the guys in their postseason history 
who are making over $40 million, I still think Patrick Mahomes has probably got more victories. So, you know, you, you got you to gotta be smart. And right now, owners think that you got to pay these guys. And, it's in, 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 you know, Burrow's going to break the bank. He's going to get $55 million. You know, that means, you know, his offensive talent around him, there's no way, no way the Bengals are going to be able to support, you know, paying their top wide receivers when they become free agents this year and the year after. So, you know, it's, it's, it's to answer your question, do I think he's worth it? No. Um, I understand why they did it. Um, if he doesn't do it, but the Chargers put themselves in an incredibly difficult position because they're giving him that contract next, next season, they're like already 75 or $85 million over the cap. So they're going to have to cut, you know, they may lose a couple of their, their wide receivers. And uh, you know, that's not something you want going into a contract. And that's not the way to build a roster. So I think they did it because they had to. Um, kudos to him. And I hope he enjoys that money and success. And maybe they get in the playoffs and they win a game. Um, but that's probably as, as, high, as high as the ceiling is right now. What do you do if, let's say, let's say you are a running back in the NFL and you're pretty good. What do you do? To yep. try and make money nowadays, I hire the best agent I can, who has the best contact and the best relationship with contenders, and I let him do his work and do the best that you can, because this is this is a position that the NFL doesn't really value, and they think they can get value in late rounds. You look at Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, you know, perfect example, seventh round pick, and what does he do? Uh, you know, he helps the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. You know, the Chiefs need backup running back. They, they signed Daenerys Prince out of Tulsa, who probably will be um, the next Isaiah Pacheco. Where'd they get him? After the draft. So I think the way the NFL systems are run these days, with the, with the, with the absence of fullbacks, I think the running back position is really it's two or three guys. You know, and I, I think you have, you have, a, you have a, a speed guy, and you have a third down guy, and you have a a guy who could potentially be an every-down guy. And the Chiefs have a really good mix. And for other teams, you know, they don't have two or three uh, running backs, which is what you need in the NFL today. There just isn't guys that can carry teams anymore. They just get too banged up. They get hit too many times. And, you know, look at, look at Elliott. I mean, you know, the guy was an enforcer, uh, but they overused him. And now, you know, what's he doing? And, and these guys that are complaining and, and getting upset, and these, these running backs, and I, and I can't say I blame them, but they're not going to change the mind of the owners. If the owners and the GMs and the head coaches devalue the necessity for an all-purpose three-down back and think that they're going to get paid like they were three years ago, sorry, all that money is going to offensive linemen, quarterbacks, and, and pass rushers, and cornerbacks, and safeties, and linebackers. It's just not going to the running back position. So, again, my advice is, you hire the best agent with the best contacts and the best relationships, and you build a contract to where, hey, if you play well this year, then then you'll get your coin, you know, the following year. But um, it's tough sledding if you're if you're if you're a great running back right now. Boy, it is. Uh, you guys, you got a new website you're working on right now. Tell us about that. Yep, uh, we're uh, going to start a new website called ChiefsBlitz.com. It should be up and running hopefully next week. Um, it's going to be a little bit different format than I used to have at Warpaint Illustrated. Um, certainly a little different format than I'm used to running. So have some video aspect of it too, working on uh, building our team right now. But, uh, you know, pretty excited to kind of go branch out on my own and, 
and uh, see if I can replicate some stuff we did in the past. Nick, well, we look forward to seeing what your new site's all about, Chiefs Blitz. Uh, you want to check that out with Nick Hathen. Thank you, Nick, for the time. We'll check. We'll uh, catch up soon, all right? All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate well, you. You betcha. Thank you. Once again, great stuff there from Nick Athen. Uh, newly new website coming out, Chiefs Blitz. Follow all the great information there. Uh, and follow, of course, him on Twitter as well, at Chiefs Insider. Uh, let's get to break. We've got a couple minutes left to go here. Uh, when we get back, we'll get you an update on the MLB trade deadline. We'll also touch base, of course, on what happened with the Rockies and the Royals expected to do tonight. And we'll get to the walk-off talking a little bit of soccer as well. This is the Morning Blitz. Have you heard? The Burlington Home Center is now at your Burlington Home Store. After these recent icky big storms, well, yes, we needed that moisture. Rest assured, your Burlington Home Store has plenty of home and business repair needs, including your windows, doors, siding, and to top it all off, your roofing needs. They have the tools you need, too. All at your Burlington Home Store on West Highway 24. Hold up, you're using Swiffer Power Mop? <laughs> what would mom say? Oh, she'd be like, a mop and bucket is the only way to deep clean your floors. And I'd be like, mom, this is the new Swiffer Power Mop. The all-in-one that gets you a mop and bucket clean in half the time. She'd never believe you. I'd say, look, the solution's built right in, so no heavy bucket. And the pad has hundreds of scrubbing strips to get into grout lines. That's why you're the smart one. Really? What? Mom said it. The new Swiffer Power Mop. Don't mop harder, mop smarter. Get organized with 11% off everything at Menards. Whether you need extra storage or want to add an accent to your living space, Menards has the Dakota Closet Solution for you. Dakota shelving and closets come in a variety of finishes to match your style. Right now, save big money and get 11% off all Dakota Closet Solutions at Menards. Good through August 6th. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Midwest Energy begins charging demand rates for residential customers on January 1st, 2024. In August, Midwest is sending all residential customers a mailer explaining demand rates. Participate in the Summer Demand Challenge and you'll learn how appliance use impacts demand and be entered to win one of 50 $50 Visa gift cards. Learn more about demand rates at MWEnergy.com under the Residential tab. Midwest Energy, a customer-owned cooperative, making energy work for you. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. It's the Morning Blitz. What is this, amateur hour? Weekday mornings from 7 to 8 Mountain, 8 to 9 Central, on 1025U Rock and the Rocking M app. Wing and pops it up into shallow left. Let's see if they might try to t- 
tag here and going to tag is Doyle. Here comes the throw home. He is safe at home. Sacrifice fly by Ryan McMahon is the walk-off winner. 4-3, the victory yesterday for the Colorado Rockies. They get the win over the San Diego Padres. Nice win for Colorado after struggling over the weekend against the A's. They take down the pods, at least in the first game. Uh, the Padres are playing a little better baseball here as of late. 4-3, the final score. Huge game from Ryan McMahon. Ryan McMahon was massive uh, yesterday. Uh, had a total of two hits. One was a double with an RBI. One was a home run. Uh, in there as well. So Ryan McMahon with a huge game. Um, of course, he had the sacrifice fly as well. So big game for Ryan McMahon. Two for four run, two RBIs. Of course, a home run. A two-hit game for Iloris Montero, who got the start at first base in replacement of C.J. Crone. And the Rockies find a way to get a win. Despite getting out hit 12-5, to they get the win over the Padres, Brad Hand gets the victory in relief. Austin Gomber, another solid start for him. Six innings, six hits, two runs, both earned, two walks, five Ks for Austin Gomber in a no decision. But uh, Pod- Rockies beat the Padres 4-3. Game two is tonight. Hopefully it's 6.40 Mountain Time. That game there was delayed two hours and 20 minutes. Didn't start till 9 o'clock Mountain Time. Late start, my goodness. Uh, but they've got uh, Peter Lambert on the mound for the Rockies. 6.40 Mountain Time, hopeful first pitch on AM 790, sorry, AM 730, Fox Sports, Tri-State. Uh, the Rock, the Royals are AM, on AM 790, KXX. They will play tonight. They take on the struggling Mets, who are in the middle of a fire sale. That first pitch is set for 710 Central Time on AM 790, KXX. Got about eight, six minutes left to go here. And I wanted to get to the trade deadline. It'll be trade deadline. An update on what's been going on there. So yesterday... A uh, lot more stuff started to kind of pick up a little bit more. Started a few, few more teams getting active. Uh, the Reds acquired left-handed reliever Sam Mole from the Oakland A's. The Giants finalized the trade to bring in AJ outfielder AJ Pollock and utility man Mark Mathias. Uh, the Cubs acquired third baseman Jameer Calendar or Candelario from the Nationals. Uh, the Mets sent Mark Canna. To the Brewers in a store there. The Arizona Diamondbacks finally got themselves a back-end guy. They traded to acquire Paul Seawald, the closer from the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they had to send a, a big leaguer, Josh Rojas and Dominic Canzone, uh, with a minor leaguer up there to get him. But I, I personally think it's a fine deal. Rojas has been injury-prone. I don't know if Canzone has much going for him at this point in time. And don't know much about Ryan Bliss, the minor leaguer, but... Uh, Paul Sewell, they finally have a closer closer, and they need him uh, tonight, pretty much against the Giants. They got a win, but they need one tonight. Uh, there's plenty of other teams that continue to make. Uh, Aaron, I think I can't I can't remember this. I think Cavalli, I think is his name. Aaron Cavalli, uh, pitcher going to the Rays from the Guardians. That was a deal that went down yesterday. There's plenty of other deals that continue to be tossed around. Um, uh, at the trade deadline, I think we could see a flurry of moves happen again today. Um, I've, I've read that I know Arizona is is looking to make some moves uh, at the trade deadline to bring in hopefully another starter pitch, starting pitcher, and another reliever is their hope. Um, they did get Jace Peterson, uh, utility player, third baseman from the uh, from the Athletics, which they do need some help there. So that was a decent sign. Didn't have to give up much to get him. So more teams are getting, and, and I, you know, it just depends. You know, the Giants are there. This is the thing when you look at the standings and the wild cards, particularly when you look at the wild card standings. I mean, 
it's nuts. I mean, it's such a tightly contested race. I mean, in the National League, you have the Cubs three and a half games out, and then you've got the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, and the Marlins all tied currently right now in the wild card. Then you have the Giants and are all there tied there in the wild card. Then you have Philadelphia and the Giants uh, right there at the top. Um, then you've got in the American League, you've got Mariners who are still three and a half games out, but apparently are selling. The Yankees, the Angels are still buying. The Red Sox, two and a half games out. There's still a lot. You know, with a month left in the season, regular season here, a lot of guys are still, teams are still going after it, still uh, looking. So there's going to be just who can make the right deals to get the right pieces in place and can give themselves a chance to have some success down the stretch. Because there's just so many teams that are left in the mix, especially in the National League. There are just so many teams left in the mix. The Brewers, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Phillies, the Giants, the Cubs, and even the Padres to an extent. I think still because they've played good as of late. They've gone 6-4 and four in their last 10. Because of that, they might be buyers at the deadline. Even though they've got some guys that they probably need to unload, like Blake Snell, uh, uh, Josh Hader, but those guys are only for one-year deals. You know, and that's that's the hard part. You know, if if you're a small market and a small budget franchise, and I just like to use Diamondbacks because I follow them, but but this could apply to the Royals and to the Rockies if they're in in their if they're in situations when you're a small market, small budget franchise, you you don't really want to trade any of your great pieces that you've developed and brought along in your farm system. For a guy that's only going to give you a year, you really want to get a guy that's at least under contract for the rest of this year and the next. That's what you really want. You really want those guys. And so that was the thing about the Seawall deal is that he's still under contract through 2024. You want to get a guy who's at least under contract through next season, if not the next, for at least another couple of years. That's the hard part, though. You got to give up a lot of pieces to get those guys. But is it? But it might be worth it in some teams' eyes to get a great starting pitcher that's under contract for a year or two from now, so you can't lose him. That kind of stuff. That's what you want to see. So the trade deadline, I think, is going to get much hotter and continue to heat up today. It's going to see a lot of flurry of moves before the deadline uh, buzzer finally sounds. A three-run walk-off home run, a game-winning walk-off with a walk-off. His second walk-off hit of the season. In walk-off fashion, that baby's gone. Tell you what, uh, things are getting a little interesting down under, where in Australia and New Zealand, the United States women finished runners-up in Group E early this morning. They were held to a a nil-nil draw with Portugal uh, and still advanced to the round of 16. But I'm telling you what, in the 91st minute, in extra time, Portugal had a shot on goal. It went off the post. And if that would have gone in, the U.S. would have been sent home. The world favorites would have been sent home. The U.S. have not looked good. They have not looked good. They have not looked comfortable. They've looked a little bit lax, a little lackadaisical. See if they pick it up in the round of 16, which I think they play Sunday. Um, I think it's a good Sweden, I think, is when they play. Will not be easy. Not be easy. they got to step it up if they're going to win. they got to start stepping it up if they're going to get a win. Uh, otherwise, they're not going to be a three-time repeat champ. A lot of teams are much better, and the U.S. looks to be a little bit down. 
All right, that does it for our show. Thanks to Nick Athen. Thanks to you for listening. Check out the podcast now available anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for The Morning Blitz. We're back again tomorrow in 23 hours. It's been The Blitz. See you then.